we are in the series called Hearing the Voice of the Lord. Hear the Voice of the Lord, called Frequency, called Frequency. I want to talk to you today about the topic of why does God speak? Why does God speak? We know he speaks, but why? Why do we serve a God? Why do we follow a God that desires to speak to you and I? Our, the, the text of our whole series, it comes from John chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When, he has brought you out all, when he's brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but when they, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. They know his voice and they follow his voice because they know and recognize his voice. Luke chapter 8 in verse 8, it says, he who, he who hears, is Jesus speaking, he who hears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. This shows me this, and I've said this every week, and I'll say it again. This shows me that God, we serve a God who desires to speak to us. We serve a God that desires to speak to you and I. You're far from God. You're close to God. You're anywhere in between. God wants to speak to you and to me. We serve a speaking God. It says it. He who has ears, let him hear. What does that show us? It shows us that we, we, don't, have, we don't serve a God who has a speaking problem. We have a, we have a problem as, as humans of a hearing problem. We have to align ourselves to be able to hear the voice of God. And so that's really what this series has been about. And so I want to talk to you, why does he speak? If we know he speaks, why does he speak? I want to show you in 1 Kings chapter 19. This is really where you get a text today. Uh, it says in verse 11, starting in verse 11, it says, Go out and stand before me. This, he's talking to Elijah. This is God speaking. He's talking to Elijah. He says, Go out and stand before me. Uh, and the Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by him with a mighty windstorm, hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, that, after the wind excuse me, there was an earthquake. But the earthquake, the Lord was not in the earthquake. Next scripture, please. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. New King James Version says, a still, small voice, a whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. A voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. I'm the only Christian left in the entire world. Everybody's been killed. Everybody's turning their backs on you. I'm the only one. My man is tripping, okay? Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. Now, let me tell you something about the traveling to the wilderness of Damascus. Come on. We all need to get on the road to Damascus. You know what I'm saying? Demask us. Come on, somebody. You see what I did there? You see what I did there? If you like masks, it's all good. We do too. We're just ready to get on the road of Demas. Okay, anyways. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Mimshu, to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazel will be killed from by Jehu, and those who escape by Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. 
This is Jesus. This is God speaking. Excuse me. He's talking to Elijah. The Bible says he says go. And he goes into this cave. And he's in this cave. And the Bible says that there's this great windstorm. This, this incredibly strong windstorm to the point of where rocks are falling around him. It's such a great windstorm. The Bible says that God was not in or the Lord was not in the wind. His voice was not in the wind. Then the Bible says an earthquake happens. And he's in this cave. And everything's shaking around him. And everything's uncertain. He says the Lord was not in the earthquake. Then the Bible says there was this great fire. We don't know what the fire looked like. We don't know if it was a consuming fire. We don't know if it was a forest fire. We don't know what it was. But there was this great fire. And the Bible says that the Lord was not in the fire. Then the Bible says after the wind, after the earthquake, after the fire, there's this still small whisper, a gentle whisper. And the Bible says that the Lord was speaking to Elijah. The Bible says that as he's speaking to Elijah, he begins to tell him what to do. Go anoint a king. Go anoint Elisha as a prophet. And then he goes at the end and he says this. He says, listen, I want you to know I'm going to preserve. I preserve 7,000 others who have not bowed down. Why does God speak to us? It shows us in this text very quickly. I want to show you a few things that I see on why God speaks to us. And I want to break it down for you today. In 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 15, this is what he says. He says, the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel uh, to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. I believe that one of the greatest reasons, one of the reasons why God speaks is because he desires to bring direction in our lives. He desires to bring direction. He is a directing God, a leading God, a guiding God. It says that he tells him, first thing he says, he doesn't say, Elijah, I love you. He doesn't say, Elijah, you're doing a good job. He doesn't say, Elijah, keep on going. He says the first thing he said, the very first thing, the Lord told him, go back the same way you can. He directs him. The very first thing he tells Elijah to do, I want you to go back. I want to direct you. God wants to direct you. He speaks because he desires to direct you in our lives. Without God's voice in our lives, we are wandering. We will wander for the rest of our lives. God brings and speaks direction. Why? Why does God desire to bring direction? Yes, okay, we know that he speaks because he wants to direct us. Why? Because he desires to lead us to life. The Bible says that the enemy comes in John 10, 10. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Then, so the enemy comes. He wants to speak. He wants to deceive us to lead us to destruction. Then the Bible says in John 10, 10, if you continue reading, but yet Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. So here it is. The enemy deceives us to try to just bring us, lead us to destruction. Jesus, God, speaks to us because he desires to lead us to life and life more abundantly. See, he's directing us not because he's trying to tell us what to do. We do not serve a control freak God. Anybody have a control freak in your family? You know what I'm saying? If not, it's probably you. <laughs> okay. A control freak, they got to be around and tell you, you got to do this, you got to do this. You gotta, and then when you do it, they tell you, you got to do it. Then you do it, you do it wrong. And then you're like, no, go over here. No, go over there. Do that. No, you didn't do that right. No, no. And it's this control. And we sometimes put God in this box of where he directs us. Go do this. Go do that. Go do that. No, you're not doing that. Kick you over here. No, no. God is not a control freak. God is a God that desires to lead us and guide us. Why? Because he desires to us, for us to, to, to be led to life and life more abundantly. He loves us so much that he desires to direct us. He tells, he tells Elijah, go back. Isn't it interesting that he tells Elijah, go back the same way you came? This is funny to me. You ever been going down the road and you forget something in your life? 
You're going down the road, you forgot your phone, you forgot your wallet, you forgot your coffee cup, you forgot something, and you got to turn around and you got to go back. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That is a miserable experience. The further away you are, the more miserable you are. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be 20 minutes down or you go about to go on vacation, you're thinking about trips, and you're enjoying life, you're like on cruise mode, and the wife says, forgot, left the iron on. You're like, well, the house is about to burn down, we ain't going back. Y'all know what I'm saying. Anybody else? Well, here's what it is. What, what is it show? It's this, this concept that he speaks to direct us. Oftentimes, when God directs us, it's not according to the way that we feel and what we want. Normally, it's against what we want. Why? Because if we lead ourselves in what we want, we go down the wrong path. So oftentimes, his direction is not something we like. He may say, you need to break up with that person. Ah, ah. I love them. They love me. He may say, you need to wait. Don't take that job. He may say, no, don't move yet. Hold up. Don't move. Stay where you're at. I got something better. And you're like, God, I've been here five years. Why? Here's what it is. His direction oftentimes leads us to life. Not oftentimes, always leads us to life. Oftentimes, our direction, our feelings, our desires is usually against his directions. We have to realign our hearts to his will. Does that make sense? Let me read it to you in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. It says, The Lord passed by in the mighty windstorm in the mountain. It was such a terrible blast, the rocks were torn loose, torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was a earthquake. When the earthquake, there was a fire, 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 fire. Okay, here's what it is. There was an earthquake. There was wind. And there was fire. And God was not in all three of them. His direction, his voice, was not in the chaos. It was not in the noise. Oftentimes, it's so interesting as, as humans what we do. Oftentimes, we make decisions in the chaos. Oftentimes, we make decisions in the frustration. Oftentimes, we make decisions in the loneliness. Oftentimes, we make decisions in the feelings. Oftentimes we're making decisions when things are going uncertain and we don't know what's going on and I'm frustrated with this job or I'm frustrated with this, this person. And so I'm going to make a decision. I always tell people, be very careful when you're making life decisions, when you look at your circumstances and they're not the way that you like them. Because oftentimes God is not in the chaos and the enemy's trying to deceive you. Why? Because he wants to lead your life to destruction. Be careful when you're emotionally drained. Be careful when you're physically drained. I, don't, I tell people all the time, I do not make major life decisions when I'm emotionally drained, I'm physically drained, meaning I'm sick in my body. I do not make major decisions when I'm frustrated with something. I do not. Why? Because I've done that before and I know it leads to destruction. God is not in the wind. He's not in the chaos. God is not in the uncertainty. In fact, he is a certain God. He's not in the earthquake. Why? Because God is a stable God. So here's what we do. Even though things around us may be those way, we're not going to let our heart and our lives get to that point why because then if i do i'm gonna allow myself to be led by me and not by god does that make sense i'll never forget when i was mm, i was 21 i think it was very it was a long time ago praise god i was 21 years old and i was frustrated at the job that i was at i was frustrated i was working for a church and i was frustrated with what was going on i just was i was just whatever an opportunity came to me for me to go be a youth pastor in north carolina i took about 20 seconds to pray about it we're good let's go 
Took the job three, for three months. I was there for three months, and I'm not lying to you. It felt like over three years. And I'm telling you, it was the most miserable experience I've ever been in in my life. And here's what happened, kind of like Elijah. I literally had to go back. I, went, I literally called the pastor I'd been working for before in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Praise God, go Tigers. You know what I'm saying? But I, we t- I had to go back, and I, I went back to the same exact church to work for them for a while. Why? Because I had made a decision out of flesh, out of own human nature, out of own frustration. And it led me to a place where three, for three months I was outside the will of God. Now, God taught me things in that, but I was not where I was supposed to be. And I quickly learned that. Why? Because I know, I know this, I know this. When we make decisions out of frustration, God's not in it. There's a peace that comes in our hearts with the Holy Spirit speaking to us. It's a still small whisper. It's not this chaos. It's not this drama. It's not this, oh, it's not this loneliness of, oh, I just need somebody. It's not this, I got to hurry up and get married because it's, it's none of that. It's, it's, there's this peace. I'm, I'm secure and certain in who I am and who he's made me. I'm secure and certain in where I am and what he has me doing. And so I'm okay. I may not love this job, but I'm okay with this job. Why? Because God has placed me here for a reason. And so I'm going to be here until God shifts me or moves me. Does that make sense? It's so important that we do it. We can get so frustrated in our own feelings that we can miss God directing us because we think oh, the chaos is going to cause us to move. And no, that's not God. God shifts us through his peace, not through chaos. He's a speaking God. He's a God that desires to speak to us and direct us. Why? Because he desires to lead us to life and life more abundantly. First Kings chapter 19 and verse 16, it says, Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi to be king of Israel and anoint Elisha to replace you as my prophet. He directs us. God, God desires uh, to speak to us because he brings direction, but also because he brings instruction. He desires to bring instruction into our lives. He desires to direct us and bring direction into our lives, but he also desires to bring instruction into our lives. Here's what he does. He says, go back. He tells, he tells Elijah, go back where you went. He's directing him. Then immediately he says, I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm not just going to tell you where to go. I'm going to tell you what to do. This is what God does. He, he directs us, but he also shares with us and tells us what to do and how he desires for us to do it. How do I know what God wants me to do? It's right here in the word. This right here is a life application. I don't need an app on my phone. You know what I'm saying? There's no life application app on my phone. This is life, the, the life app. Everything that I need to, in direction for my life and in instruction in my life and how to live and how to believe and what to believe is right here. We don't add to this. We don't take this away. We study this. We read this. We live this. This is the instruction of God. That, this is why the enemy is so concerned with taking down the Bible and trying to get culture to say that it's just some old, irrelevant book. This book is not irrelevant. This book is alive. This book is the very breath of God. This book will speak to you and bring life to you and instruct you in the things that you need and I need in my life. All we have to do is be willing to open it and read it and study it. Maybe you need a different translation. You can't say, I can't understand it. Would love to help you with that. You get a New Living Translation. That's a great book to, uh, uh, version to read. Get new, new International Version. There's a, great, there's a great version. There's plenty of versions that you can read that will help you. If you really have never read the Bible, get a message Bible. Get, bi- get a Bible that you can understand and read. Why? Because this right here is the instructions of life. You ever been building anything in your life and you said, you know what? I don't need the instructions. 
A few weeks ago, Ashley, she's on this bike baby stuff kick. Praise God for that. You know what I'm saying? You gotta buy the baby comes, you gotta buy everything for the baby. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. And we she's like, I need to buy a dresser. We need a new dresser for the baby. The baby needs a dresser. I'm like, the baby can't even grab the dresser. Why would the baby need a dresser? <laughs> She wants a new dresser. So we go and we buy this new dresser. It's this white dresser. And I'm like, okay, you got to put it together. The guy's like, yeah, we got to put it together. I'm like, ah, I can't be that bad. You got to put it together. The thing had like 100 pieces in it. It took me like six hours to build it. The reason why it took me six hours to build it, because I opened all the points and I was, the boxes. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do this without the instructions. I start building the thing. Next thing you know, the drawers were upside down. Praise God. It's like I did something wrong. Something ain't right. Something's got to be redone. What happens? I had to go back and redo it. Why? Why are the instructions there? The instructions are there to help us to do what it is that we're trying to do. God instructs us to help us. Not because he's trying to control us. He wants to speak to us because he desires to instruct us to help us in our everyday life. In our everyday faith. If you're struggling with doubt in your life, ask God to help instruct your heart and your faith. God desires to speak. Why? To instruct us. To bring instruction into our lives. And if we don't, here's what happens. Our lives begin to be upside down. We start to believe things. Look at our culture. We start to believe things that are right or wrong and things that are wrong or right. Why? Because nobody's reading the instructions. We want to know what, what, what culture really wants. Or we want to know what God really wants. Here's what we have to do. We have to read the instructions. We can't get away from the instructions because if so, life will get turned upside down. We will marry the wrong person. We will get into the wrong job. We will do and believe the wrong things. We'll be convicted about the things we shouldn't be convicted about. And we'll not be convicted about the things we should be convicted about. We'll start giving our bodies away to people that we should not give our bodies to. Why? Because it's all in the instructions. And if we do not read the instructions, the, the, the life gets turned upside down. And here's what happens. Then we got to go back and fix it. We got to say, God, forgive us. And then we got to work through all these emotional and frustrational things in our lives. Why? It's all because we didn't read his instructions. It's so important. God wants to speak to us. Why? Because he desires to instruct us. He immediately says, this is what I want to do. I want to direct you, Elijah. Go where I'm telling you to go. But then also, I want to tell you what to do. I want to bring instruction into your life. Why? So it can help you navigate your life to the best of your ability. God desires to navigate and help us in the ability to trust us, in the ability to teach us, to help us continue to grow and hear his voice. 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 17 it says, anyone who escapes from Hazal will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. He brings a direction. He says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go. I want you to go back. And he says, I want to instruct you. I want to tell you what to do. Then he, then he gives a, a clear warning. He says, anyone that escapes, they're going to be killed by Jehu. Anyone that escapes Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Here's what I know God does. He speaks because he desires to bring direction. He speaks because he desires to, 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 uh, to bring instruction. But then also he speaks because he desires to bring caution to our lives. He desires to caution us. God's caution, and what, what does that mean? What does that mean God desires to caution us? He desires and he speaks to warn us. All throughout the scripture, God speaks to people to warn them. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, comes to convict you and I. What is that? That's his warnings. He's convicted. Has you ever done something or been in something and something in your heart just doesn't feel right? That's God's warning lights. 
That's God's, God's signal. This isn't the way you're supposed to do it. This isn't what you're supposed to do. This isn't where you're going. He's warning you. He's flashing the lights. Why? The Holy Spirit is speaking. Why? Because he desires to protect you. God warns us and brings caution to us, not because he hates us or he's frustrated with us or he wants to control us or he wants to micromanage us. No, he warns us because he wants to protect us. God's warning, his voice, his caution is so that he, he can protect you and I. Why? Because he loves us. God desires the best for you and I. And so he speaks to bring warning into our lives. Do not ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. We can so oftentimes let our feelings override the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that is not the way God desires for you and I to live. He desires for us to allow the conviction to be the loudest voice in our lives. Notice the wind and the fire and the, and, the, and, the, and the earthquake. Those are all things that are super loud. Oftentimes the things that are super loud are the things that we focus ourselves on. And here's what happens. Then what happens is we, those things will be the things we're, we're focused on when the, the Holy Spirit's trying to whisper in our heart, that's not the right thing. The Holy Spirit says, that's not the right relationship. The Holy Spirit says, you know, that, that, that's, don't take that job. The Holy Spirit says, just, just, just be patient. Just, be patient. Just, just wait, just wait, just wait. I promise, just wait. The Holy Spirit says, okay, okay, I need you to jump. I need you. Oftentimes we think, and this is how it was for me, oftentimes we think like, okay, I'm gonna take this, when, I take, when, I, when we decide to plant the church, I think it's gonna be this great like, go, you know, this loud, aggressive voice. That's not what it is. It was this still, small voice. God was speaking to my heart. I began to talk to Ashley about it. He began to speak to heart. And here's what happens. And then now I have to trust the voice of God in my life. And I have to jump and obey what he's asked me to do. But I have to first do, uh, have to obey and honor his, his, his warnings. And this is what it was for me. I'm just telling you. Literally, I've, we, I've lived this message. I continue to live this message. We wanted to go plant a church in New Orleans. Y'all, many of you know that. I thought for sure I was going to New Orleans. I'm like, here we go. Go Saints. Me and Drew Brees, we're going to be tight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, we're going we're gonna to go start a church. This is what we're going to do. I'm from there. I got family there. I got friends there. We're going to New Orleans. Two years, I thought so. Then God began to whisper a warning, don't do it. God began to whisper a warning, it's not the right place. Here's what I had to do. First of all, I had to argue with God. First of all, I said, God, you don't know what you're talking about, okay? God, I know better than you do. You're off. You know what I'm saying? Then I realized real quick, wait, that's not right, okay? And here's what I had to do. I had to begin to let my feelings die. I had to begin to let my desires die. I had to begin to let my dreams die. See, oftentimes our dreams we pursue are so much louder than the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and we're pursuing something that he never desired for us to pursue. And here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. His voice will warn us. And as we, his voice warns us, his voice begins to direct us. And here's what happens now. Ashley and I, well, you can ask her, you can ask me. We'll say the same thing. Never in a million years will we want to be anywhere else. There's nowhere else. I, I go to other cities now. I just, we just went to Tampa. With, I just went to Tampa for a friend for one day. I went to Tampa and I was like, I hate it here. He's like, man, this city's so tight, dude. This city's sweet. Dude. Look at all these buildings. Like, look at the traffic. <laughs> this is terrible. Never in a million years now. We, we, I love this. I'm like, I literally, I said it. I said it out loud. I was like, man, I love our little city. 
Like I love, and here's what it is. Why? It's not because it's like this, this incredibly, I mean, it is an incredible city, but it's not that this incredibly like glamorous city. What? No, it's because God called us here. And from being called here, God has placed a desire in our heart to be here. But it started with listening to the warnings. I want to encourage you. Oh, my goodness, can I encourage you. Listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't, you're allowing the enemy to deceive you. And if you allow the enemy to deceive you, it's going to lead you to destruction. He does, he does it to warn us. This past week, I had the privilege, the honor, the opportunity of putting together and putting in a new fan in the house, like a fan of light. I'm going to be completely honest with you and vulnerable with you. That may have been the worst experience of my life. I am not an electrician. If you are an electrician, praise God, you are anointed by God. Okay, so I'm reading the instructions. I made sure I did it. I went and pulled one of those. And here's this, in the very front page, this huge warning that says, make sure you turn off the breakers. Turn off the breakers. Turn off, the, I mean, it's huge orange letters. Turn off the breakers. No joke, true story. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. It's a true story. I was like, I'll just turn the light off. I'll just turn the switch off. It'll be fine. No joke, this is a true story. And, and so here's what happens. I'm putting, I, I, I turn off the switch, the light's off. If the light's off, there's no power. And so, yeah, okay, God's working in me some still too, okay? I don't really want to tell you this story. It's huge warning signs, and I'm like, it'll be fine. Flip the switch. I start disconnecting the lights. No kidding. Disconnect the whole fan. I got it all myself. No problem. No joke. True story. Got it completely down. No problems. I was like... I knew it. I am Bob the Builder. You know what I'm saying? I'm Jordan on the, Pastor Jordan on the weekends. I'm Bob the Builder during the week. No kidding. I, they give you the bracket to put the new fan on. I get the bracket. The bracket's made of metal, okay? And I put the bracket on, and many of you who know how to put on fans, you probably know this is the bad part of the story, okay? I put the bracket on. The bracket touches the wires. All of a sudden, there's this large spark. Okay, not only was there spark, there was these really tingly feelings all throughout my body. I was like, this is like the Disney Channel. I can show you though. No, it wasn't like that. It didn't feel that good. It didn't feel good. It wasn't magical, to say the least. No kidding. The whole breaker just shuts off. I'm shocked. I'm freaking out. I'm like, am I dead? Am I alive? It's pitch black dark. I don't know what's going on. And I just pray, Jesus help me. You know what I'm saying? Here's what the problem was. I ignored the warning. I didn't even think about this when I was, knew I was going to preach this. I just in my own stupidity did it. Oftentimes, we do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. He says, don't do it. Be patient. Wait. Step out. No, 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 don't go that way. No, no, this isn't it. And we think, no, God, you don't know. I, I've done this before. I can, I, I've kind of made it through this season. No, God, I can do it. No, 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 God, this is, no, I, I, God, I, I can handle it. And then what happens is we go throughout life a little bit. He lets us because he's a loving God. We go throughout a little, our life a little bit. We get in that relationship. The relationship's good. 
We get in that season of life and that job and we're getting paid more money and we're feeling good. And so all of a sudden we're like, I knew it. I can do it. And then all of a sudden, boom, something happens. Next thing you know, there's frustration, there's drama, there's issues, whatever it may be in the relationship, there's pain, there's impurity, whatever it is in the season of life. And next thing you know, we get back and we're like, oh my goodness, why? Did not listen. We didn't listen because we didn't allow ourselves to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit's warnings in our lives. You want to follow the Holy Spirit. Oh, we love direction. Oh, Jesus, lead me. God, what's my future? Show me my dreams. Yay. God, instruct me because I want to be like you. Yay. But when he warns us, God, no. Not for me. That's not for me. I'm over here and I'm going to be led. And I'm going to be directed. But not warned. And here's what it is. Here's what it is. When we ignore the warnings of God in our lives, oftentimes things begin to happen. But here's what also happens. We begin to become so comfortable with ignoring his warnings, we stop hearing his warnings. Do not allow yourself to miss out on what God is doing in your life and wanting to do in your life and my life as well because we're, we're ignoring his conviction and his warnings. Let God speak to you by directing you. Let God speak to you by instructing you. Let God speak to you by, by cautioning you and warning you because he desires the best for you. Why does he bring us warnings? Because he loves you and he desires to protect you from the enemy and the things of this world that are not of him. We serve a good God. Like, it's crazy. Like, he, we serve, like he doesn't warn us because he doesn't like us. He, he doesn't warn us because he's, like, trying to control you. Here's what he He warns us because he wants the best for us. It's like a parent. Like, you warn your kid, don't touch the stove. Now, you know the kid's going to go touch the stove because the kid's a kid. But you warn them. Why? Not because you're like, you shouldn't touch that because I don't want you to experience that. No, it's not that. It's you don't want them to be harmed in their lives. You don't want to see them walk through pain. It's the same thing with God. God loves you so much that he doesn't want to see you walk through hurt and pain and harm. And so what does he do? He brings warnings into our lives. He brings red flags or, or red shiny bulbs and lights and all these things to try to get us to get, to get to the point where we say, okay, God, I want to obey and honor your voice of the Lord. One of the greatest ways, hear me, one of the greatest ways to hear God's warnings in our lives is through patience. Patience is one of the greatest keys. When we rush and we are hasty in our decisions, we oftentimes will miss the warnings of God in our lives. Our feelings will take over. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I say this all the time. For those that know me, you've heard me say this a thousand times. I've never seen someone go wrong with being patient. I've never, I've never seen someone go wrong with being patient. But I have seen people go wrong, myself included, when there's haste in my decision making. You wanna, you wanna hear the voice of God in your life? Be patient. For those of you that are wanting to get married and looking for a dating relationship, you want to find the right person, be patient. You want to get married at the right time, be patient. Oh, when I'm 21 and we love each other and like, we just, it's just time, be patient. There's no, there's no rush. Why is there no rush? Because, because God's in control. Allow yourselves to get to know God, get to know each other, know who you are. And then, and then God's timing, let God speak and you can let God begin to make that relationship happen. Be patient. Patience will help you hear the warnings of God in your life. Let's continue on very quickly as we close today. First Kings chapter 19 and verse 14, it says, He replied again, I am zealous. I am zealous to serve the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. Now they are trying to kill me. 
First Kings chapter 19 and verse 18, God responds to that. He says, yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed them. Elijah in this story, he's frustrated. He's down. He's upset. He's hurt. He's, he's got all these things going on. And he says, I'm the only one left. He's so discouraged. Actually, you, many of you know the story. He's so discouraged that he talks about actually even wanting to die. And he says, God, I'm the last one. I, I, there's nobody else. I'm, I'm the only who, who, there's the whole world. Everybody's either been killed, everyone's been destroyed, everyone's turned away. There's nobody but me. And God quickly reminds him four verses later there's 7,000 people that are preserved. And Jehu, believe it or not, ended up going to be king and became one of the, uh, an incredible king. And not only that, but then Elisha was, he, was the prophet that was, was the one that pre, was the predecessor of, of Elijah. Became an incredible prophet. He did double the amount of things that Elijah did in his miracles and what God used him to do. But yet Elijah was so caught up in his thoughts and his feelings that he said there's nobody left. And so God came and quickly spoke to him to encourage him. Here's what God does. God speaks. Why? He speaks to direct us. He speaks to direct us. He wants to lead us and guide us because he loves us. He speaks to instruct us because he desires to teach us, to help us in our everyday life. He teaches, he speaks to caution us because he desires for us to be protected from the things of this world. But not only does he do that, he also speaks for inspiration. He desires to inspire us. What does that mean? He desires to encourage us. He wants to encourage Elijah in this story. He says, listen, you're not the only one. There's 7,000 more. And here's what I know about the God that we serve. He's a God that desires to bring inspiration and encouragement to our lives. He is an encouraging God. Can I just encourage you for a second? We serve a God who loves us so much that he wants us to be happy. He wants us to have joy in our lives. We sometimes, it's interesting how the human brain works. We sometimes, and even oftentimes, we think God wants us to walk through these things and all these issues and all these struggles because this is just part of my life or part of what it is. No, God is such a loving God that he wants us to live a life of joy. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. Why? To encourage us every day. Why? Because he desires for us to be happy today. Doesn't mean that we don't walk through situations, but he doesn't want those situations to dictate our feelings, our joy. We serve a God who is an encouraging God. He loves you. I believe this with all my heart. If God was in this room today, he would say three things. First thing he would say is, I love you. The second thing he would say is, you're my child. He wants you to know he loves you, but he also wants you to know who you are and that you, you are his child before anything else. And then lastly, I know he would say this, he's proud of you. Even when you don't feel like God is proud of you and you've done things you shouldn't have done and said things you shouldn't have done and you missed it there and you missed, God, missed his voice here and you shouldn't have said that over there and you got frustrated with your families over here and your spouse over there and you just feel like nothing's going right, I want to encourage you. God is still proud of you. This is the God we serve. It's not this God that says you got to do things for me to be proud of you. 
You got to be living right for me to be proud of you. You got to be certain do prayers and certain Bible times. No, here's what it is. He loves you. The Holy Spirit, God on earth, loves you so much that he chooses. We get the privilege. Oh, my goodness, how exciting is this? We get the privilege of hearing his voice to encourage our very souls every day of our lives. He loves you. He's proud of you. I don't care where you are. You may be like, I don't even know who God is. He loves you. He desires to encourage you. Like, oh, well, life's been so tough. Life's been so down. It's been so hard. And I got so many things I'm believing for and praying for. Just because you haven't seen the outcomes of your prayer does not mean God is not still proud of you and still loves you. Think about it as a parent, for those that are parents in the room. You speak to your children because, and you want to see your children happy in their lives. No parent wants to see their, their child just miserable all the time. No, your heart is to bring joy and let that ch child experience joy and happiness. Why? Because you love that child. It's the same thing with God, but times a thousand and even more than times a thousand. He loves us so much that he desires to speak to us to encourage our very souls. Oh my gosh, it's so important that we would learn the ability to be able to hear his voice. How do we do that? We take time to, in space to create opportunity for him to speak. We read his word. We allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our heart and here's what happens. He begins to direct us. He begins to direct us to life and life more abundantly. He begins to instruct us so that we can grow and have help on this earth. He begins to begin to allow us to hear his voice so that we can be warned, so we can protect us from the things that maybe the enemy's trying to do in our lives. But then also he wants to encourage us. God is a God that is a speaking God. Let us be a church. Let us be individuals here in this room watching online. Let's be a church that desires to hear his voice. Why? Because if we hear his voice, we'll know his voice. And if we'll know his voice, we'll follow his voice. And if we follow his voice, it will lead us to life and life more abundantly. This is the God that we serve. And let us be a church that desires to be directed, to be instructed, to be cautioned, then also to be encouraged because he is a loving God. Amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you.